This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? I hope you enjoyed uh, worship and announcements and all that good stuff. And uh, good to be here. Excited about uh, part two of Triggers. And uh, let's pray and get into our Bibles today. So, Father, we thank you uh, today. We bless your name, Jesus. We worship you. Uh, You are good, God. You're worthy of our praise. And we open up our hearts to your word. Uh, Lord, let your word be planted on good soil. Let it produce fruit that remains. And uh, thank you, Lord, for just your faithfulness to us uh, time and time again. And Lord, reveal um, Christ to us through your word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, folks. So we're in part two, triggers. And um, we're going to kind of talk about, we're we're literally continuing from last week. So we're going to kind of, the first verse we start with is is we ended with this uh, verse um, last week. So we're literally, this is literally like part two, okay? So we're just transitioning right over into this next one. This could almost be maybe even one uh, whole, these last two weeks, one super long sermon, okay? So um, uh, what we're going to talk about is just the, the true context of spiritual growth. And we kind of ended with that, although I didn't say that specifically, that phrase last week. But that's what we're going to talk about. And speaking of triggers, allowing truth to transform you. Um, and the whole heart of this message is for us to develop in, in our spiritual life. And so, um, and even I got some feedback from uh, somebody this past week just about uh, the sermon and, and how, and, and this person works in the whole, um, and I, I, if I get the whole language of the industry wrong, I do apologize. But in the psychiatric world, okay, um, uh, and they, they were they were mentioning to me how I, there's triggers aren't just negative, although we use them a lot in negative connotation. And I think they they kind of came surfaced in, in some part in the 80s and stuff, early 80s and late 70s with people coming back from the war. As far as our nation and that language and PTSD and all that, and people were would be triggered. And I mentioned how fireworks can trigger, you know, a veteran that's been in some real war and battle, fireworks can trigger something. But the, 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 this person that gave me feedback was just saying how there's, there's also uh, positive triggers, like certain songs can have a positive effect. They can trigger us positively. Like for instance, um, uh, you know, there's, there's certain love songs that uh, my wife and I, um, when we first met, we listened to and we, and, you know, and so that those songs can kind of trigger those early memories of us meeting, dating, getting married and all that. So that is a positive one, right? So it's a trigger, but it is positive. So, so anyway, there, you know, no wonder we all like those songs from back when, right? You know, you no know, wonder people say they sure don't make music like they used to, right? So those are in a sense, very much a positive trigger. Okay, so um, certain worship songs I grew up listening to, I go back to them, right? In a sense, they're they're this element of a trigger. They bring me back to these formative years of my walk with the Lord. And these songs are so 
And I listen to them to this day. I listen to them to this day. So anyway, we might even touch on those that a little more. I just wanted to mention that, that, that triggers aren't all negative. Um, they can be positive as well. And so I appreciate the feedback I got from that from, from last week. So, um, but here we go. We're, we're going to jump into kind of the true context of spiritual growth. And so just to literally um, kind of uh, transition over into um, from last week into this week, and, and to kind of reiterate something that we ended with is that, um, uh, you know, our pursuit is Jesus, right? Our pursuit is Jesus. And we must also give attention to the weak areas, vulnerable areas of our life. So um, this is part of walking with God, okay? So walking with God isn't an event, right? Walking with God is not a series of events. We're not you know, walking with God isn't made up of getting to the next meeting, right? It's not like, oh, I got to get to the next conference. Um, though you might have a conference you're going to go to. You might love a certain speaker and they're coming to some such and such um, auditorium or stadium. And you're like, man, I love this person. I read all their books. And I want to go see them. And praise the Lord. That's awesome, right? And I'm talking about like Christian speakers and stuff like that. And so awesome. And, and that's great. But, but the Christian life is not about going to the next big event um, and event after event after event. Uh, walking with God is just that. It is a walk. And in walking with God, our focus, our pursuit is Jesus. And um, so he's our absolute focal point. We'll kind of talk about that some more. But also, uh, we must give attention. Give attention, look, as the scripture says, and we'll read this verse in a second. And I'm just um, kind of uh, uh, kind of reviewing a little bit, uh, but uh, looking carefully. So it, it is both of these things, okay? And we're going to see how if you emphasize one over the other, it, 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 we won't grow as God desires. Okay, and so um, let, let me just read from my notes, some new notes I have for today um, that kind of go along with that so we can kind of get into some of the verses. But, but here we go. So, so we must learn to live in the tension of reckless abandon to God or worship, right? And conscious awareness of our human reality or our humanity, which is reality. So we will never... Um, graduate from having to face things in our life that are out of order in some way. Can I get an amen, right? Nobody, nobody graduates from that, right? And so we'll find out what heaven's like, but until we get there, that's going to be part of this thing. That, now that, that isn't all of what our walk with God is, but that is part of it. And so we see this throughout the scripture. We see this as early church model, this Jesus um, walked with his disciples through the, this process, but um, so, so our spiritual life, okay, I'm kind of going to say it another way. Our spiritual life is both vertical, right? So God focused, right? Vertical, right? And horizontal people oriented. So, so we, we, we must live in this tension of both that we are to love the Lord, our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. So it is both, um, vertical and horizontal. It is not one without the other. And if we emphasize one over the other in, in, in a way where, where there's an, a lack of balance there or tension, um, we're, we're not going to develop as God desires. 
Okay, we're, we're, we're really, we, we, we may just kind of stunt our growth because we, so then we must go back and say, why am I avoiding this other side? Why, why am I, why am I avoiding relationship? Why am I avoiding people? Why, as an example, why am I isolating myself? There's, there's a reason. And so when we, when we, when we uh, have this pursuit of God, even this vertical drive for God and to worship and to love God, and yet avoiding the people God has put in your life and avoiding authentic community and avoiding and, and isolating from people, Christians, believers. I'm telling you, um, we're going to be missing something. We're going to be missing something, okay? And so here, um, um, uh, let me say it a different way, okay? Let me say this a different way. E everything God does in your life won't be what you get directly from him, okay? Okay? Within... Um, you know, like it won't just be that right from within and meaning like within your very private personal pursuit of him. Um, that is first, that is primary, but everything you get from God won't come just from him directly. It's going to come through his people, through people in some way. Okay. And so let, let, let's just kind of come back to the verse we ended with last week and 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 um here we go so hebrews chapter 12 uh verse 14 to 16 and it reads uh pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the lord looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. So um, here is my first point that, and I, I might've used this almost exact point somewhere else in the past year or so, maybe more, but maybe a couple years, but we need God and we need people. And so th this is, as I said in the beginning, what, what is this about today? the true context of spiritual growth will be in the context of our active, growing, developing relationship with God and our active, growing, developing relationship with other people, okay? So let me say it again. We need God and we need people. If we're honest, all of us um, may very well err on the side of one of those two things, okay? Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's a certain season of life. And, um, but the point is we need both. And I believe the point is, I, I believe we, we want both, right? We, we, we want both. We want both. And, um, but sometimes those two relationships, right? Our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, they, they will both be very fulfilling and challenging, right? It, it's both and. It's always both and. Um, they'll both uh, be very affirming, and, and very challenging, be very encouraging, and um, maybe even frustrating at times uh, because we're human and because we're walking through stuff and because we have triggers, right? We, we get triggered by things. And so uh, we're, we're, we're human, we have issues, we, we're working through things, we have yet to arrive, we're still actively working through stuff. And so as we're walking through stuff, recognizing some of those negative triggers in our life. It is our relationship with God and our relationship with other people 
That is the context God will use to develop us. Now, can God um, use a some sort of trial or situation to challenge us, to develop us? Can he use a situation, circumstance to reveal how much he loves us? Yes. But if we really look at that in some way or another, it is him directly doing something um, to you, through you, for you, and or he's using somebody else that he is doing something through to you, for you. All right. And so um, let me kind of break this down a little bit, because sometimes our more spiritually inclined folks, right, um, struggle in the relational aspects of spiritual development. And, and sometimes um, those that are more in their walk with God, they're more, they, 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 they're more connected to the social event kind of um, things of their walk with God. And they, and they lack just a personal, private pursuit of God. Okay, and, and the point is, is we need both. The point is God used both. The point is that that's where we'll find fulfillment in our journey with God. And, 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 um, and so people that, not, and this isn't everybody, but this is just in my own experience, um, people that are more spiritually inclined, maybe more prophetic, um, and that they have this kind of, this, 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 like they literally spiritually inclined prophetic people, like they literally will be like, man, God spoke to me today. And this is what he said, you know, and, and people that might not be like that, they might not hear from God like that so much. It could be kind of like, almost like, wow, really? You know, and, 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 and the prophetic person could be like, yeah, this is what he said. I, he showed me a vision and, and it was this and this, and this is what God is doing. Or, the, or that prophetic person can just um, kind of just speak a word over somebody's life. And it is so accurate. It is so like, bam, just on time. It's literally the word of the Lord. And just, they're so spiritually inclined, right? Like they're just there. They just operate that way. They just are wired that way. But sometimes, if, if we're honest, come on now, uh, we, we, when we're so spiritually inclined, if we're not careful, it can, it can, it can disconnect us from um, authentic relationship with people. It can kind of isolate us if we're not careful, okay? So, and, and what this does is it, it, when we allow that, that radical kind of vertical thing with God, to, to be to such a degree that, that we, we're, we're, we're avoiding or isolating from true relationship, this can open the door to some things because guaranteed God is trying to use people to help you, to keep you humble, right? To keep you connected, to, 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 to keep you grounded, right? Um, that, that's just how God does things like you look at the 12 you know it wasn't like he went and think about this think about Jesus and the 12 disciples when he went and called them he called them together he lived with these guys these guys were doing life together literally for 12 years straight together in close proximity it wasn't think about this Jesus didn't roll up on the disciples and say follow me and that they drifted off and they became some hermit out in the wilderness the rest of their life can I get an amen 
And even when he left, sent the Holy Spirit, where did those 12 end up? In local church community. So, so this is just how God works, right? And, and, and so let me read this from my notes. Um, we can open the door to some things when we aren't open and leaning into relationships with other people in Christ. Um, and the Bible says, you know, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And, and that can cause some trouble in our life. And let me read this. Um, when we do this, this can open the door to spiritual pride, deception, and, and a super, like a super spiritual elitist mentality. I, I don't even believe most uh, people that, 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 that struggle with this, um, I don't believe they do it intentionally. Um, I just, I, I believe it might just be difficult because people can be difficult, right? And so, um, and so but as a result of this, uh, we can stunt authentic spiritual growth. I've seen this happen in the church, folks, where people become so spiritual that they can't connect to people. And I've noticed this. They can't really connect to people, right? Because maybe those people challenge their notions. Maybe those people rightfully and righteously challenge certain things they're hearing that aren't God, okay? That, that it's just, you're, you're still learning to hear it. Right. And, and maybe maybe you heard something and you didn't really hear from God. Maybe you heard something else. And, and, and because you're so spiritual and you're so isolated, you, you can't even you can't even hear the voice of God through your brother or sister. And um, what happens is, is this causes you not to really connect to people deeply and for the long term. OK, can't commit to any one community. Right. For too long, because once it gets hard, you're like, ah, this is too this is too difficult. I, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with the humanity in this person. I gotta, I gotta go to the next conference. I gotta go to the next event. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to the next church until they figure me out, and then I gotta go to the next one. You see what I'm saying? And so, and and, and so this right here, that right there, stunts spiritual growth. Why? Because God's trying to do something through in that person's life through other people, and they're avoiding it, and they're working around it building their own theology of how the Christian life is supposed to be lived and they're super spiritual, but they don't, but they don't know nobody and nobody knows them. And that is not God's method of spiritual, uh, of spiritual growth, development or discipleship. All right. And so, um, they can't stick it out through the difficulty and discomfort that relationships cause. And, and this is part of spiritual growth is that you are in community with God's people. Okay. Now this, you know, this doesn't mean there's a, there's like this formula for it. It's just that can we as believers truly be connected to other people long-term? Yes. Yes. We see it in the gospels leading into the book of Acts. These disciples were connected for years and doing God's work. They weren't vagabonds or wanderers, right? They they, they did like to, they were vertically focused on God, but they were horizontally connected with his body, okay? And so this is the context of true spiritual growth, okay? So um, what happens is, okay, when this happens, we spiritualize our issue, okay? Uh, so nobody can speak truth to us. You know, well, God told me this, okay? You say things like that, and, and maybe maybe God did speak to you. But um, the Bible says we hear in part 
and we prophesy in part. The Bible says, let one prophesy, let the others judge. What does that, what does that mean? The operation of spiritual gifts and, and the ability to even hear God's voice and speak his word still should be submitted and subject to those around you. Why? To help you grow spiritually because you won't always do it perfectly. And God may have said it, but maybe you missed it in the delivery. And that's what community is for, right? To help keep us encouraged and humble, right? And so let's not spiritualize our issues. And, you know, and then in doing that, nobody can speak into our life, right? And then we end up hiding behind the strongholds we build, you know, creating, you know, this mindset or this belief system um, that doesn't allow anybody to speak truth to you. Come on now, come on now, right? This is the true context of spiritual growth, all right? And so let's go back to the first point here. We need God and we need people. So back to where we ended last week, just to reiterate here, our pursuit is Jesus, right? It it is totally him. And when we read in Hebrews 12, pursue peace, if you look at the context of Hebrews 12, it actually starts out with a very well-known verse we all know and love, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, uh, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance, the race set before us right? Looking unto Jesus. So in the context of Hebrews 12, speaking to God's people in the early church, they were questioning their faith, questioning whether we're going to go on. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey guys, look to Jesus, fix your gaze on him, focus on him. He is the object of our affection. What is he saying? Hebrews 1, sorry, Hebrews 12 verse 1 and 2. Remain vertically focused, right? Like through the trial, through the trouble, whatever it is, remain vertically focused, fixing your gaze on Jesus. And it says again down here, what we read, you know, in verse 14, you know, pursue peace with all people. Look at that, people. There's people, right? So, so, so focus on Jesus, but pursue peace with all people, okay? So it is both God and people. And it says pursue peace with all people and holiness. Was that God? So it's like connection with God's people, and connection with God. Focus on Jesus and be connected to his people. It is always both and. And pursue is a strong word. It means aggressively chase. Okay? Like this This is our pursuit. Okay? Um, God himself, holiness, and connection with God's people. And then in the context of that, I'm kind of uh, reviewing a little bit because I want to really, I want, I want y'all to get this. Looking carefully, right? Um, looking at with real care and concern. Uh, being aware of where we are, where I am spiritually. And God is going to convict us directly. And he's going to use others to help bring insight, revelation, and even correction, right? So then also... In Hebrews 12, contextually, it's talking about the discipline of the Lord, right? It's talking about um, he loves those who chastises and that this chastisement, correction, if you will, it, it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness, okay? And so in the context of Hebrews 12, 
It's speaking of being super focused on God, pursuing him, and being open to his correction, being aware of where you are. And hence, it goes on to say, you know, strengthen the hands that hang down the feeble knees, right? So in our pursuit of God, it, it isn't this, you know, what, what we need to be careful is just our pursuit of God. We, if we're not careful, we can become so spiritual that we disregard our humanity, and 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 we and we and we spiritualize our condition in such a way, and and we must be aware of our pursuit of God and 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 having an awareness of where we really are. Okay, and so what part do I play in my relationship with God? Number one, and I know I've said this before, I'm kind of reiterating this, and then we're going to jump into Ephesians five here in a second. But, but choose to pursue him. Number one, choose, right? We talked about that last week. Um, you know, pursue God no matter what, right? And then number two, here's my challenge to you. When we ignore or avoid our triggers, okay, those areas of our life that are out of step, dislocated, lame, as we read in the scripture last week, we forfeit Christ-likeness in us, okay? It is both and. It is both and, okay? So let's go to Ephesians chapter five. I'm gonna read verse eight to 10. And we're just gonna hang out in Ephesians five for the rest of today, okay? But here we go. Ephesians chapter five, verse eight. For you were once darkness, okay? Um, everybody say this when we say past tense. But now you are light in the Lord, okay? Walk as children of light, verse nine, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And so here we are in Ephesians chapter 5. If we look at Ephesians, just to give you a little context here, the first three chapters of Ephesians is about the gospel story. We, we learned this in Ephesians last year. The last three chapters are about our story. Let me say it a different way. The first three chapters of Ephesians are about God's grace and what he has done for us. The last three chapters in Ephesians are about how we're supposed to live. First three chapters, God's grace toward us. Last three chapters, live the life you profess. Come on, somebody. And so here it is, Ephesians 5, right? And it's saying, you were once this. You are not that anymore. But because this is who you are now, walk it out. Amen? And so we must understand the difference, all right, between our position in Christ identity and our condition in our humanity. We must understand that this is forever a part of our journey. We must remind ourselves of who we are in God. This, this scripture is saying it. It is speaking of identity. This scripture right here, these, these, these few verses I just read, Ephesians 5, 8, 8, 9, and 10, it's literally going back and forth between position and condition. Position and condition. Position is what God has done. Uh, condition is how I'm actually living. Can I get an amen? Position is God's grace. Uh, condition is my actual lifestyle, okay? And so here it is. Here's my next point. We are in, because of Christ, we are in a divine position. You are in a divine position. What does that mean? You're a son, a daughter of God, period. You have access to God. You have right to the promises of God. You have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. You have been given authority in the name of Jesus. 
You have peace with God in the grace in which you now stand. Somebody say position. Um, He is all sufficient in and through you. He is enough. Somebody say position. You are accepted in the beloved right now. No matter what your condition is, you are accepted. Somebody say position. Uh, We have confidence to approach him because of the blood of Jesus. Somebody say position. There is this dignity given to the believer because of grace through faith, period. We are saved. We are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, God's own special people. We are his unique special treasure, position. We. So what is all this saying? Our identity in Christ is short. We are positioned in the kingdom. We are not foreigners. We are citizens of heaven. Hallelujah. We are members of the household of God. You are in a divine position. You must understand this. This is what we're talking about. This is the true context of spiritual growth. It's understanding this, learning this, memorizing the scriptures concerning this. This is who you are. This is what you fight from. This is where you stand. This is this is who you are, son or daughter of the Most High God. This is who you are. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what other people say. Doesn't matter what the devil says. Doesn't matter what your own mind's saying. This is who you are. Say it with me, folks. Say, I am standing in a divine position. You are in a divine position, okay? But with that, in the context of what we're talking about, um, you also, here's my next point, you are dealing with a condition. Can Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? What condition am I talking about? The human condition. <laughs> Come on now, all right? Come on now. Let me give you a couple of analogies when it comes to position condition. All right, real quick, for you married folks out there, you would understand this. Everybody understands. It's pretty basic. But on um, May 22nd, uh, 2009, I got married. Guess what my position has been ever since then? Husband, right? Husband. I'm married. Crystal Gale is my wife. Position. I'm in a covenant with her, a relationship with her. There's, there's, there's benefits and responsibilities to that position. But position nonetheless Okay, over the last 13 plus years, 14 years come this May, I believe, if I'm counting right. Uh, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Please put it in the put it in the chat. Let me know. But no, uh, yes, 14 years this May. Um, that's my position, position, positionally. I'm in. I I mean, and the, the, there's certain things that happened to get me there, right? All that. I mean, coming up with her, boom, position. A lot of things have changed for the last 13 plus years. But guess what has not changed? That position. My good days, my bad days hasn't changed my position. Come on, somebody. Hasn't changed her position. She was my wife on that day in 2009. Guess what? She's my wife today, right? Position, right? Uh, my children, Dominico, Giovanna, Luciano, guess what? They were born. And guess what? They were born. They were born in Mandoli. Um, it's been some years for all of them, right? But guess what? They're still Mandoli. It's not going to, that's not, nothing's going to change. They're a position in the family. They have access to everything. They are heirs of my inheritance. I don't have the biggest, great inheritance, but, but they're, they're heirs nonetheless, um, right? And so there it is. The, 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 the position in Christ is sure. But there's some, some things I've grown in, some things I haven't grown in, okay? Now, I have conditionally become a better husband. You can ask my wife, ask her, ask her. I've, I've gotten better, right? But I haven't arrived conditionally. My position is sure. But I am becoming a better husband over time with God's grace and help, and especially with my wife's help. Come on, somebody. But say it with me. Say it with me. Say, I am in a divine position. 
and I am dealing with a condition. So here, let's just sum that up real quick. There's a difference between um, where I stand, identity, and how I walk, lifestyle. Okay, there's a difference. And there's a gap between my position and, and my condition. Can I get an amen, somebody? Right? And what do, what, how, as we close that gap, what is that? That's spiritual growth. That's spiritual growth. Okay? That's spiritual growth. All right? We are becoming more like Jesus. Right? We are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, being transformed even by the Spirit of the Lord from glory to glory. Right? Transform process metamorphosis it's not overnight it's not it's not a a one miracle moment and i am forever changed i think sometimes we we love to celebrate those super like um intense testimonies right like i it's it is a beautiful thing when you hear about how somebody was living what they came out of and they get saved you're like wow and they're like legit saved they're, they're changed they 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 have been saved. They, they used to do this. They don't do that no more, right? Like, you know, the, the, you know, the real wild ones, right? We're like, wow, look what Jesus can do. But every wild testimony, man, need, every person that comes out of that stuff, it is a journey to relearn, change their mindset, get healed emotionally, mentally. Come on now. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I was saved from as a teenager. But it is going to continue to be a, a lifelong journey of developing and growing and becoming more like him. We love the great testimony. But if we're honest, even in our own humanity, man, we ain't trying to deal with this stuff. You know what I'm saying? We love to celebrate, like, you know, catching the fish, but we ain't trying to clean the fish. You see what I mean? And so, and so th this is the true context of spiritual growth. So let's go to Ephesians 5, verse 11. Here we go. Continuing in Ephesians 5, verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Somebody say, walk it out. Somebody say, lifestyle. It says, but rather expose them. Somebody say, lifestyle. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. He's speaking of people that don't know Christ, speaking of, in context here, the, the, the heathens, the pagans in Ephesus at the time. Um, verse 13 but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Expose. Um, God is in the exposing business. And I know sometimes we use the word expose and it's kind of always this negative thing. It's like, it's like, man, you know, and, and these things happen. Like you got like some kind of well-known preacher and they, they end up coming out and they're committing adultery and all this and sleeping around and you're like, whoa, they got exposed, right? But even in our own life, God is in the exposing business. Now in God, um, exposing just doesn't mean like somebody has this national, international platform and then the, you know, the curtain gets drawn and you're like, oh my goodness, right? No, God in our life wants to just bring light to areas of our life. And the way he does it in our personal vertical pursuit of him and in our lateral horizontal connection to his people, God wants to turn the lights on. And here is my point. God exposes darkness to free us. God exposes darkness to free us. Right, and even in um, the context of this verse, all right, it doesn't say 
exposing people. It's saying exposing the works of darkness, okay? And so when God exposes sin in our lives, it's redemptive, okay? It's redemptive. Uh, when, when we manifest our issues, it's redemptive. When we, in God, we're walking with God and we get triggered and we react in an unfavorable manner in some context, I'm telling you, it is redemptive. God is shining the light and we gotta be like, Jesus, help me. Here I am, Lord. Come on now. This is, God is light. Jesus is the light of the world. We have darkness in some context in areas of our life. We're not seeing it. We don't see it. We're stumbling. We're, you know what I'm saying? We're, we, we, there, 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 are, there are things that in the rhythm and flow of our life are not like him. And he, in a moment, in a time, a situation, he'll turn those lights on. And we gotta be like, help me, Jesus. Here I am, Lord. And every time God exposes darkness in our life, he does it to free us never to condemn us. Jesus did not come to the world to condemn the world, but through the world, through him, the world might be saved. Okay? So, so, so light is good, right? The, the glorious gospel is, speaks of light. The, the message of Christ is light. The, the word of God, the entrance of his word, the scripture says the entrance of his word brings light. Okay? So, so God turns the light on, exposes issues in our life. And when God does it, there's a reason. It's timing. And he's saying, let's deal with this right now. Come on now. Come on, somebody. Now, that's why the scripture says, confess your sins. And he's faithful and just to forgive you, to cleanse you from, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All right, so light is good. So what, what, what light does is good. The word expose here, it means to convince with solid evidence, compelling evidence to prove wrong. God is in the business of proving us wrong. Right, never to condemn us, never to shame us, but to expose the darkness, to deliver us. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, so so God exposes darkness to free us. Okay, um, as I said before, light is good. So what it does is good. Our prayer is, Jesus, shine your light in us. Okay, um, God is in the light shining business, all right? And this is part of our growth. And God turns the light on, right? His word is light. Jesus is light. We are called, <coughs> excuse me, to be the light of the world. Rise, shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. You know, the, the, this, the entrance of his word brings light. The, the, the light the gospel is light and God in our journey wants to turn the light on. Why, why am I so passionate about this? Why am I so fired up about this? Because sometimes when Christians experience this, they, they don't know what's going on. They, 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 they don't know how to respond. They, they, you know, and, and I think we need to come to terms with how God deals with us. And it's not, I'm not saying it's comfortable all the time. I'm not saying it's easy, but understand God never, never turns the light on to condemn us. He always turns the light on to deliver us. And we must, if, if we want to grow, 
learn to navigate these moments um, and not defend the darkness that is in us. Come on, somebody. Come on now. The Bible says, you know, whatever, you know, it says here, whatever makes manifest is light. Okay, manifest means to illumine, to make visible, to make plain, to open view, to become apparent. Okay, Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 18. I'm gonna end with this. See then that you walk circumspectly. You walk that narrow road. That word circumspectly, it's, come, it's the Greek word akrobos. It's where we get the word acrobat, tight rope. Okay, so what is he saying? God's gonna turn the light on. See then that you walk that narrow path. When he turns the light on, what's God trying to do? He's trying to narrow our path. Try, you know what he's trying to do? Keep us straight. That's why earlier on in, in Ephesians, and sorry, in Hebrews we read, right? Last week, make straight paths for your feet. God's trying to straighten us out. And, 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 and we gotta be careful that we don't get so, spirit, so much spiritual pride that because we've confessed him, because we know him, that then, then, you know, then we, we somehow may think, imagine that we're, that every part of us is okay and that God don't need to straighten us out, that we, we can't get a little crooked sometimes. Come on, somebody, right? We can't get a little sideways sometimes. And that's why he's saying, hey, so then see then rather that you walk tightly, right? Walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore, do not be unwise, but here it is, understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is, meaning understanding God's will is a process. Understanding it over time, understanding it along the walk, learning what the will of the Lord is, right? We, we None of us have the corner on the market of God's will, like we just have it, we just know it. We discover this thing. We're, this thing is a mystery at times, and we... We, we, we're learning, we're growing in our walk with God, in our understanding of his ways, in our understanding of how he operates, in, a, in our understanding of what he's doing. It says, verse 17, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine. This is verse 18, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. All right? Um, like I said before, our walk with God, um, in some respects, is a walk of discovery that we are learning, we are growing, we are in the process of understanding his will, all right? Now, I just want to go back here, and I just want to kind of share these main points, right, really quick, but as we said before, uh, we need God and we need people. We need God and we need people. Um, let me encourage you today, firm what God has done in and through you and who you are, that you are in a divine position, right? And at, in, the, at the same, in the same thought, both and also, you, my brother and sister, are dealing with a condition as well, all right? All right? And God exposes darkness to free us. All right, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the spirit of God in your people. And I pray you continue that work in them. I pray, God, that we would learn to live in the tension of our 
divine position and show us, God, how to walk with you in dealing with our human condition. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.